When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Greg Hoffman from Take Command. And the best part about podcasts is they create a 25th hour in the day. Whenever I'm commuting, metro, car, even when I'm riding my bike around town, although in that case, one earphone only, safety kids, I'm always listening to podcasts. And this offseason, you can get all the insights, all the news, all the analysis, and Logan and I occasionally make a joke or two in the Take Command podcast on demand so it fits in to your busy schedule. Follow Take Command in the Odyssey app or wherever you get your pods. Take Command podcast from Odyssey Sports. I'm Craig Hoffman. That's Logan Paulson. ESPN's John Keim with us. Of course, the John Keim Report. You can check out anywhere you're listening or watching this podcast right now does a great job uh, also the therapy tuesdays how, did, how does it work in the off season is it therapy is it a celebration like well, what do you guys do on tuesdays therapy is on hold a little bit um because you know um johnny needs a break sometimes too um <laughs> but, every therapist um, needs a therapist yeah but well they will it will be trust me they, they will come back and sometimes it's not therapy tuesday it might be there was a Taylor Tuesday because Heineke was doing well. It could be a, um, gosh, you can't do anything. A Sam Sunday? I don't know. Um, I don't, I'm not <laughs> I mean, sure you could if you did it on Sundays. Night, yeah, yeah, Howling at the Moon on Tuesdays. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we'll we'll do that. We'll do that when when it's when it's relevant. When there's a big move, I'll do more some more live shows. I enjoy doing that because you get questions right away, and you you can address certain topics that fans really want to know about, and you get a sense of that. So whether it's that or some mailbag sessions, we'll, we'll do some of that in the offseason. But nothing right now is scheduled yet, but maybe soon. There you go. Uh, John and Bram uh, do a great job with that stuff. All right. Uh, you had a new report this morning, uh, a kind of updated new list, some new names emerging potentially, uh, and kind of categorizations for those names in terms of how likely it is they may or may not become the new offensive coordinator for the Washington Commanders. What is the latest as far as you understand it on well, how they're approaching the search? Well, the, the ones that you know for sure, Pat Shermer, and, and I believe he is meeting there today, Tuesday. And then um, Charles London, quarterback's coach from Atlanta, they'll meet with him. Eric Studesville, who is um, assistant head coach and running backs coach in Miami, is another guy that they will be hoping – they're, they're, I don't think anything is set up yet, but he's another guy, certainly of strong interest. Um, Daryl Bevel, who's also in Miami, is another guy that that they'd like to, I think, talk to. But I think it sounds like he might be in a wait-and-see mode, like how other jobs shake out, what it means for him, at other, whether there or other places. Um, so those are some of the guys right now. And you know, some of the other names that may – I know Jim Caldwell was a name, a guy that they contacted right now. He's trying. He, his goal is to become a head coach. I think Frank Reich you can throw in there as well. And um, then it's like, well, you know, so I think they're going to, that's a wait and see with them. Like if they get hired or they don't get hired, we don't know. So, and how long are you willing to wait? So I think, but right now those are, that's what we know. I do know there'll be more. Um, Ken Zampezi, of course, you know, we've known that from the beginning is on that list. So that's another one who will be interviewed. Um, so there you go. 
Yeah, Logan, I'm gonna spin this to you real quick before you ask whatever you wanna ask of John. We talked last week about some of the, like kind of prerequisites, some of the things, the the characteristics we expected from the OC uh, based off of having to learn an offense, based off of all these different factors, quarterback, thoughts, et cetera. Any of those names jump out at you as, as really particularly interesting based off of any of the characteristics? Um, yeah, I think there are, obviously there's nobody that I know of on that list. And maybe John knows differently that are directly associated with Ron, you know, from like a coaching history standpoint, which is something that I thought Ron was going to like really lean heavily into. But I do think all of the candidates or most of the candidates kind of abide by this core principle, right? Like Daryl Bevel, for example, he was with the Seahawks from 2011 to 2017. And like, they are a run first team. I think Marshawn Lynch beast mode, like that's what they did. They were very good at that. He's, it is a West coast philosophy, but um, you know, they run the football and they know how important that is. And they know how important that is to insulating a quarterback. Charles London is the quarterback coach in Atlanta and they run the football more than anybody in the NFL per opportunity. Right. Eric's, Eric Studsville is he worked for Gary Kubiak when Gary Kubiak was in Denver. That's where Kyle was at that same time. Right. So there are opportunities here. Uh, Pat Schumer, I'm drawing a blank because I know I just did some research. He has some history in terms of running the football and calling plays as well. I do think developing young quarterbacks, too. I think the other key is developing young quarterbacks. Right. And so I think the thing that I look at with this list is I am going to lean a little bit more towards guys who've called plays before. And like John and I were talking about this off air before we started. So like Daryl Bevel moves to the top of the list, right? Eric Studsville is a guy that moves to the top of the list. I think to John's point, uh, Studsville is a guy that seems like he's up for like a head coaching kind of deal if the situation's right. And same with Darren Bevel. So I think those those two candidates are guys that jump out from a name standpoint, Pat Schumer as well. But usually the higher quality of the candidate, I feel like is they're, they're less likely to take an opportunity like this because this opportunity has some baggage associated with, with it, which we've talked about. That's like, how do you feel about that, John? Like, do you think, I think that's, I think that's the number one, number one challenge for people. And I think the way that they're going to have to frame it is if you think that the issue was play calling and like, Hey, listen, you got, look at Brian Robinson, look at these three receivers, look at these young tight ends. You know, and they're going to tell them how much they're going to invest in the offensive line. And so if it works for you here, you could be on a maybe for some of them could be on a quicker path to a head coaching job somewhere else. So that's that's how they're going to have to, to, to sell it to people. And, you know, or it could just be for some others, like they just want to get back to calling plays and this may be their shot. They right. do have experience with it. But I do think it's a it's a little bit of um a tough situation because of the unknowns and the number one unknown of course is the owner. And then whoever the new owner is, what's their um, opinion of Rivera and the staff and in how, what kind of leash will they give him? Will they give him a year or two, or you just can say, Hey, see what happens this year. And if it doesn't work. You're pulling the plug. So those are questions that, and that's, it's really hard to answer. And one thing, Logan, too, I, there are, if you're gonna, if you have a choice, and you're a young up and comer, like for example, a guy like I always bring up Brian Johnson, coach with the Eagles, quarterbacks coach with the Eagles, mm-hmm. whose name has been mentioned for a few different places. If you're a guy like that, and you have some choices, and you're a young guy, you're gonna go to the situation where you have more time to prove yourself. 
Right. So that would be, so you may miss out on some guys like that. It doesn't mean the end of the world. It just means you may miss out on some guys like that. And then you may have to end up going with a guy who's a little bit more experienced just because they want to get back to calling plays. But I also know I've talked to some people who are like, you know, know, their their guy would love to have this chance because they know Mm. how hard it is to get that opportunity for some, for, for some in the business. And, you know, so like there is, there's, there are a bunch of ways to look at it, but it is, it's just like a free agent. If you offer them the most money, chances are that's where they're going to go. But if you have a choice, then you're going to choose between maybe organizations. And I think the same is true here. And then it's going to matter. Like, did you like Sam Howell when he was in college or not? You know, did you like what you saw or not? I think that's going to depend on it too. I think you're going to like the receivers. You're going to like the running back. And you're probably going to, you know, I would think you'd like the tight ends. Don't you think, Logan? I think so. I mean, I think I, I think they're a young group and I don't think there's a lot of film out there on them. But I think, you know, in talking with Ron and talking with everyone in the building, like they're going to sell that group. And it's not yeah. a hard sell from an athletic no, upside I, standpoint. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and I, I think there are guys there that like I really am anxious to see what Rodgers does next year. I think, you know, yeah. I think there's a lot of good stuff that they showed. And it's hard because there's always – they want to be a run first team. They have talent, the skill position. And this was an issue this past year because you toggle between you want to run the ball, but yet you got McLaurin, Dotson and Samuel and some of these young tight ends, but you, you know, so it's hard to, and then if you don't, if you throw the ball, it's like, well, why isn't so-and-so getting as many touches? Well, because we're running the ball, you know, that's how they're going to, that's how they were thinking there. And so, it's it's hard sometimes with that, but I do think that you can use some of those guys maybe a little bit more effectively um, than that what they what they feel they had been used, and the talent is there. So that's how you're going to sell it. And if it again, if it works for you, then you could be getting a head coaching job in a year or two. Now mm. the only problem with that is then you're losing a guy in a year or two. So yeah. what I would do, like what you'd want ideally is to have, and this is where I always thought the Shanahan's were set up well, that you had replacements on staff to move up. And do they have those guys now? I think that's one thing you'd wonder. And then it depends on whoever you bring in, who do they want to bring in, right, to have that. So, like, do you have some guys who can elevate if you lose that guy so that way you're not changing systems all the time, but you can roll with, okay, so-and-so left, well, the system stays the same because so-and-so is going to elevate to that job. That's where that's where you so that way you don't if the guy if you do have that kind of success, you're not completely changing over every all the time. And do you think that this new candidate would have the opportunity to bring their own staff with them? Or do you think that that's something that kind of is looming? I, I do think I, I don't know if it'd be an I don't think an overhaul, but I do think they're mm-hmm. you know, I think they're it sounds like an open to hearing what you want to do and with who, because there right. are definitely some coaches on the staff that I know they like and want to keep. So right. I don't know that they want to change everything. Um, and I don't know that you need to change everything. But, right. a, but, new I, coach but I mean, get, a new coach will want their people. Yeah. I mean, and no but doubt. Like, you know, for, you, for like Daryl Bevel, for example, like that's an outside mm-hmm. zone emphasis, right? right? And Matt Scow is not really an outside zone emphasis kind of guy. So right. do you do you make that transition? And I, you know, I don't right. know, but like that seems like one that would be if you're changing offensive philosophy – you need to make sure you get the coaches in here. You can coach it the way you Correct. want it. And, and I, I was going to say, is there anybody that Rivera is going to be like, no, that person has to stay. 
Well, I don't, I don't know for sure, but I think Matt's guy would be one where you'd say, mm. you better make, give me a good reason why he mm. shouldn't come back. You know what I mean? Right. Like, cause I mean, we know the respect that he has for him. And, um, so I think that, you know, but I don't know who I don't have, I don't know who would be considered untouchable, but I know like Randy Jordan was kept from the previous staff. You have to really like a guy to keep them from a previous staff, you know? And so I, I do, I think there's some that you would say, you have to make a strong case why a change should be made here. Um, I don't know that it would stop them from doing anything. I don't know that. Real quick before we uh, get to the quarterback stuff and the impact that's going to have on this whole situation. Is there any word on the defensive side definitively? Because there, there was some stuff floating around earlier in the season when things weren't going well. And obviously Del Rio had the whole uh, kerfuffle over his comments that were uh, about more than a kerfuffle. Um that he was basically being a good soldier and is going to survive the season. And then the defense turns it around and now it seemed nuts to make a change uh, at any point in that staff because of how well that those units played this year. Um, and really the only thing that could keep them down was offensive ineptitude and injuries. Um, do we know for sure that Del Rio is coming back and, and everyone else on that side of the ball is staying in place? Um, do we know for sure? I mean, I don't know that the question was necessarily asked directly I don't know why you'd make a change. Well, more of like if Jack wanted to, he was like, you know, I'm good. Well, he, like I would. Well, if he want if he would, but that I don't know. So I don't know. That would be a different, you know, and I don't know that. Um, but everything, every conversation I've had, there's nothing that suggests that there would be a desire to change. But if, if Del Rio decides, you know what, I'm done with it. It was just too much of a headache this past year blah, 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 then, you know, then I'm done. I don't know that. But all the planning, it sounds like the expectation is that, um, you know, I mean, they did make the change too in the summertime with Sam Mills. So that was mm -hmm. one change. But I don't, you know, like Chris Harris, does he get looks at for some jobs? I don't know. Um, so, yeah. but I, I would think they would be back based on, I haven't heard anything to the, I would just say this, Craig, I haven't heard anything to the contrary. Sure. And, and I feel like you, if there was something out there like, oh, they're still deciding that it would have floated past your radar by now. Um, obviously, if Chris Harris were to get an interview and a job, that changes things. That's but, different. Um, yeah. Yeah, listen, that's, that's different. Ultimately, ultimately, you want guys on your staff who are wanted by other teams because it means right. you're having success. That's you don't like they've had a high level of stability, which is good. But I also think at some point you, you want because it means you're having success that if other guys on your staff are getting looked at. And that they think of them highly, and so I, I do think you want a level of that. But um, you know, I think injuries have hurt them with the defense with the back seven. I think they need to build their depth more than anything. And when you hear about defensive improvement, typically it's about building more depth and solidifying certain spots. So last thing I'll ask then before we go to quarterback, uh, hundred percent last thing as opposed to the last thing which I said was going to be the last thing, but isn't uh, on on. Or early in the year when some of that stuff was happening, there was this talk of whether like Jack actually wanted Jamin in the first place. And obviously that turned out, you know, people like me who were screaming about how unfair it was to Jamin, um, that they were singling him out. They seemed to know what they were doing there. He played incredibly after he got called out. So be it. There's a report from Standing over the weekend that Scott Turner uh, wasn't on board uh, f with the Carson Wentz thing. And I'm sure there's a lot more nuance to that, but that's kind of the headline. So I, I would ask you this, how much is it a focus this offseason to be perhaps a little bit more uh, together as a 
a staff as a front office or is is there a need for that and this, these are just sometimes the kinds of disagreements that happen and then if something doesn't go well it comes out in the press in the offseason or is there a, well, a, a cohesion problem between some areas of the staff the front office and obviously Ron in the middle of everything I let me say this about quarterbacks every quarterback thing I've ever covered anytime a guy there's a change somebody was always against that <laughs> after the fact 100 so, percent you know so 100%. I don't, you know, and and I think you sometimes a lot of times I go by what did you hear at the time, um, mm-hmm. and you know, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know I mean, mean? Like, so we've <laughs> we've talked about this before. Like, it's so funny. Like when you do like draft eval, like that's a really simple one, right? You'll talk to ten different people about the same mm-hmm. person, and they'll right. all be all over the map. Correct. And like, I don't love X about this guy, and they're like, "Well, do you see it?" They're like, yeah, you see it. But you always, like when you go back, let's say the guy's a bust. They always have this thing in the bag where they're like, I didn't love him at the time. I, you know, I had this reservation about him. Right. right? And people right. do that all the time. All the time. And, like, well, well, and, and there's time. also levels. Um, yeah. For instance, I'll right. go back to my reporting days on the Alex stuff. And one of the coaches I talked to at the time who was on staff was like, yeah, I wasn't consulted on Alex, but we were asked for reports uh, two Correct. weeks before the trade. And so while this very involved person at the time and who was going to have to coach Alex wasn't directly asked as the trade was on the table, hey, do you want Alex Smith? You know, Alex was a part of their rankings and their reports a couple of weeks prior as potential available quarterback. So at some point, Scott was certainly asked about Carson Wentz and gave a report of some kind. So even if it wasn't like, hey, Scott was on board pounding the table for Wentz, Mm. if he had been like hard, no, terrible, will never work in this offense. I'm sure they would have probably given that some consideration. Uh, I'm guessing that did not happen. And there was probably like a, hey, I really like his strong arm. I like this. I like that. And that's more, ultimately that's they pulled the trigger. You, yeah, that's more what you would hear. So, but it's like, you know, listen, I, like I said, every time there's something like this, there's always a, you know, so-and-so whatever, you know, I, I'm, yeah. I don't want to, because I don't want to even say too much because it's it's not my reporting, but I know what, what my reporting, where that has led me, but, um, so it that stuff happens. Also very predictable after, uh, the coach gets fired. So there's, yeah, there's that's, that. what I'm saying. That, that's what I mean. So it's, you know, it's the, you know, it's funny because, um, one of the ones who wasn't quite like that was Jay. And I remember talking to him after, even after like when he was fired, he would talk about the Dwayne Haskins pick. And while he did not like that at 15, he also said, that's not the reason why we were zero and five? Do you know what I mean? Like, right. so like he wasn't he wasn't going to point that as like, well, if they had just let me take Montez Sweat at fifteen, we wouldn't, and someone else in the second. That's not what it was. So, right, um, you know, right. Although that one was a pretty pure ownership play, so that was oh, that's also in a different play. category. But I appreciate that Jay says that where he's like, right. yeah, it would have been better yeah, for me, sure, but that wasn't the reason yeah, we yeah. were zero and five. And we knew he wasn't on board with it at fifteen. I think if they had taken him a couple rounds later, or even the second round or so, I think they would have been like, okay, that's good value. I think at fifteen they did not view it as good value, and he was one of them. And he's like, well, how much, how patient are you going to be with me if you're if you're going to take him there? knowing what had the work that had to go into it and what they were told the work that had to go into getting it there. So, but the point is he didn't use that as, as a reason why he was, they were 0-5 in that last year.